Oh, nothing. What's up with you? <laughs> oh, it's a you know, it's a typical day in the neighborhood. A typical day in the is my volume not up enough? Yeah, How good are stuff. You? Good, good. Uh, you know, it, it's been uh, actually it's been a shitstastic week at week. Um, yeah, yeah. The uh, COVID nineteen is striking terror in everybody's heart. Working from home. Dad went back to the hospital because his uh, his hip surgery, his incision's not healing properly. The weekend before that, my godmother died. It's just it's been awesome. Oh God, just let it keep coming. Bring it on. Oh jeez, I am so sorry to hear so, that. Yeah, it's you know, it, we just gotta you know trying to put it all into perspective and trying not to panic about anything. That's that's the hard part, right? Just trying not to panic about anything. And just yeah. dealing with it, um, yeah, yeah. So how, how's how's it going in lockdown? I'm. I want to watch uh, the movie Escape from New York just to kind of think about <laughs> what you guys are in. Yeah, right. <laughs> you know, I I was getting a little frightened a couple of days ago, and I thought to myself, "Well, geez, if we do need to bail on the city, like what?" What the hell are we gonna do? Yeah, uh, what's your options? We don't, we don't have a car. Sold the car. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, people are setting the the subway on fire. Oh really? I, um, that's oh, it, awesome. it was horrible. It was yeah. horrible. Yeah. Somebody, uh, the driver, ended up uh, passing away. So it, it's it's a little frightening. Yeah. Yeah. Do you know, um, well, hey, do, do we want to uh, kick our episode off now that we've gotten those awesome updates on life? This is, you know, our next installment. I've lost count of what episode we are on, but uh, welcome to Overthunk. I'm Aaron Kulik. And this is Chris yeah, you Baker. Your name. Chris right, Baker. I forgot. Yeah. <laughs> Chris Baker, my co-host, Chris Baker. Can't seem to remember his name today. It's all good. I don't know what I'm doing. Yeah, so uh, we we hope that this finds you well wherever you are and whatever you're facing today. Uh, You know, hopefully we can lighten the mood a little bit and help each other all get through this. Yeah, Um, absolutely. And uh, just kind of count our blessings. Yes, yeah. Diane and I have been trying to, you know, we've been stuck in the house for two weeks. We've been working from home. Um, trying to only go out when we need to. My hands literally smell like Clorox right now. Yeah, oh, yeah, it's nasty. Um, because uh, we were supposed to go away for the weekend. Uh, we were supposed to go to Ohio, Hawking Hills. We had rented a little cabin. They shut that all down like last week, so we're not doing that. Um, but like yesterday, she had sat on the couch watching TV for like several hours and I'm like, I can't sit here. Like I I'm going absolutely crazy. We need to do something, something, anything, whatever. And so yeah. her, her brilliant idea was to clean out our closet. Um, so we pulled everything out of our, our main storage closet and, um, we, we, I, I got to break out my birthday gift, uh, a circulars or a table saw. So I got to use that. I got to rip some wood, got to use my chop saw. I got to use my, uh, uh, circular saw. I was all over the place just to make, make a couple cuts and, and fix some stuff in that closet to get another shelf in there and repair some stuff that was never fixed when we bought the house. Um, so that sounds kind of fun. 
Yeah, it was it was a fairly busy day, right? Fairly busy things going on, um, but we had to go buy storage containers. So we were like, well, we need to get coffee. We need to do this. We need to do that. We need to get some other things besides these storage containers so we can justify running out and, and doing this. Um, so we made that run this morning, but I've never, to this point, we have not, uh, we wore gloves, rubber gloves into Target to buy the coffee and some stuff that we needed, uh, disinfected wipes wiped out again toilet paper wiped out again so everybody's like buying that stuff like crazy um but got our containers got our coffee wore the rubber gloves through the store came home we disinfected everything that we bought uh with clorox and um yeah yeah so now my hands smell like flipping clorox Oh, yeah. geez. Well, you know, you can delete, uh, delete, oh my God. I mean, dilute, uh, like Clorox, like a 10 to one solution. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. So we've got like, like 10 parts water, one part. Yeah. Bleach. We've got like, she was all like, we got to buy disinfectant wipes. I'm like, before disinfectant wipes, what did people do? They had paper towels. They had like 409 Nothing. Lysol. Water. Yeah. So, I mean, we've got plenty of like cleaning stuff in the house. Like we've got plenty of that stuff more than enough to get us through so i was like we just we don't need wipes like everybody's fixated on these wipes it's like we just some old school paper towels with the spray and we spray everything down we wipe it off it'll be fine so um that's what we did we went old school gangsta yeah yeah well that's i mean that's kind of good that you're not buying stuff you don't need like obviously that's making more room for other people who might need it more yeah direly yeah. than you it's just a, that's a I, socially responsible thing to do responsible thing to do or way to sure be. sure yeah i was hoarding it way before we actually needed it so the uh i am definitely you know we're probably going to discuss like you know how how, th- how this is going to change us and um i'm going to start becoming a prepper for sure more so than i was before yeah i make jokes all the time that if something ever happened we wouldn't last very long because we don't keep a lot of food in the house right and you know the joke was on me because uh my brother sent me a text and said that he knew somebody who knew somebody in washington and i mean obviously everything's fine now so this is not to alarm anybody because this was like over a week ago right but they were talking about shutting down the country and if that happened, I was like, oh, my God, I've got to have enough, like, food for my family. Oh, and I have oh, to yeah. have yeah. enough of, like, you know, stuff. So there I am at midnight trying to, like, put an order together on Amazon uh, Fresh or, or, you know, Whole Foods yeah. or whatever it was. And I, as I'm adding things to the cart, they're <laughs> they're disappearing because people <laughs> are ordering. So, like, I couldn't even make it to the, the, the you know, the checkout quick enough yeah before like, things oh were being God. gobbled up even online yeah 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 right and so i was like uh, like for a moment i started panicking and then i was like all right chris like relax you've got stuff here you probably have more food than you realize right and yeah. um yeah and i i did i had more more food than i realized so yeah uh, we've been going out yeah. and you know, Diane and I pretty much eat out like all the time. So thank goodness people are still delivering food and you can still like go through drive throughs and stuff like that. So thank goodness for that. Um, 
but uh, yeah, we definitely had a little like we've been we've been going to the grocery store trying to again trying to shop in a normal fashion, not trying to hoard or anything like that. But we have shifted more from eating out to cooking food at home and stuff like that. So um, we've been shopping more. Um, but again, just being trying to be very judicious about what we buy and how much we buy of it and stuff like that. So trying not to not to hoard um, stuff. But I may buy some freeze dried food kits here when this is all done. Yeah, right. <laughs> so. Yeah, I uh, I guess I did something similar. Like I I usually buy one of something because I know it'll get us through you know whatever like yeah. a week usually. And so instead, I bought like two milks instead of one because I was like, well. Like, at least we'll have, like, a week or two weeks worth of milk if, like, l- we literally right. wouldn't be able to leave the house. And I bought, you know, three extra boxes of cereal and just, like, little simple things like that. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. Which yeah. I didn't think was too extreme. Yeah. I've got plenty of bullets, um, you know, which I know with, with the gun sales have gone up and uh, ammo sales have gone through the roof. Uh, oh, I God. Feel, I feel happy with my stock of uh bullets even though they're they're not the self-defense loads they're more of um they're more range rounds but i'm like i was watching a guy on youtube and he was discussing you know what he stockpiles for his his weapons and stuff like that and um that's scary uh, yeah right (laughs) exactly so like all that stuff is absolutely like like i you know diane and i shoot so we have this stuff, right? So we have like some weapons and, and obviously we have rounds and stuff like that, but I am not in the mindset of, I'm going to have to defend my house or go out and like raid people's supplies. Like there's those two mindsets. You're either defending or you're raiding. And it's like, I, I'm, that's not where my mind is at. I was just like, I, this is what Diane and I do as a hobby, but I'm like, Oh, I guess I'm, if everybody else is right. buying bullets, I'm glad I've got some. They may not be the good ones, but I still got them because a bullet's still going to hurt. Yeah, I mean, no I guess what. if worse came to worse, you could uh, protect yourself at, at minimum, which yeah, I don't think it's going to yeah. come to that. That's a little creepy, it's, but, right. um, but those, I, we yeah, have this so, app called Citizen. Yeah. Do, do, you, do you have that app called Citizen that like, tells you what's going on around you, like crimes and emergencies and stuff? Oh, we, well, we use, uh, we have Ring, so that, that'll tell us the same, gives us like little updates about stuff that's happening around us, yeah. So this There's is like, like uh, well, anyway, so it, this like, it's like really no joking matter, but yeah. a little earlier, a little alert came up and it said somebody uh, called and reported to police that there's somebody armed with a chainsaw. And this is about <laughs> like oh. less than less than half a mile from the house, like a quarter mile down the road. Yeah. And I'm like, excuse me, what? Yeah. And, it and in New York City, why do you have a chainsaw? Somewhere. Why do you have a chainsaw when you live well, in New York City? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, most people probably don't. Maybe they're like a maintenance person, or maybe they stole that. They're not a hobby but, arborist. Um, I was like, good God, like what in the world is going on? Well, oh hey, my. so um, anyway, I was talking to Preston earlier, and uh, yeah. he said that he'd, he'd come on and, and chat for a minute and offer okay. his perspective from, from I, his generation. I see generation. Tom Keeley is, is on. Is, he's, Kylie, is he Tom Kylie, that's our... Tom Ty- Kylie. Yeah, Sorry. he's going to be on in a in a in a shortly as well so okay but um but yeah i thought it'd be interesting preston if you you know want to come on and kind of offer your perspective your thoughts um you know kind of like what's going on with you and your friends and what you guys are feeling about this and 
Any What's challenges up, you guys are having? Um, yeah, totally. So um, it's it's definitely a big change here in terms of um, education. You know, um, it, there's no schools open here in uh, New York City, um, and everything's being shifted to online learning. So it it's uh, from what my friends uh, have told me, it's very mixed in terms of whether people like it or not. Um, I like it because it's definitely less work uh, and more easy, just kind of like go at your own pace. Um, but it's also tricky because you're you're staying inside all day. Um, and, you know, my friends and I have been doing like conference calls and stuff like that here and there. But it's, it's very different from normally going to school and seeing like people and like all of your friends and all your different classes. Sure, sure. I think you know that's um, something that like uh, I've yes. talked with. Oh, go ahead. With like coworkers and uh, even Diane and stuff like that, it's like this is not the normal. You know, I've been working from home, and like I feel like it takes me a lot longer to a keep track of the five or six different Slack channels or messages or threads that I'm trying to follow and answer and you know where it would probably just be a quick little conversation in the office and be like hey what do you think of this okay yeah great great but now you like you're taking the time to type stuff out and then like I said you're managing like you know these five different threads of conversation that you gotta keep track of and you know people like why are you not paying attention to me I'm like uh because you're not the only one that I've got like you know talking to me right now so it's definitely been a transition yeah. that way too. So I can, I can imagine. Chris, did you have a question? Yeah, talking to your friends, Preston? Um, yeah, I was just yeah. curious, like, are you, are you and your friends, like, is any of this scary or is anybody like, uh, you know, nervous do or you anxious? Um, or do you feel like it, will, it, it doesn't impact you? you like, know, cause you're in the you age feel? group. So we, um, it hasn't, we, we haven't really felt, like, anxious or scared because of it. Um, and it, it hasn't really impacted any of us um, in, in a major way. Uh, it, it's really just kind of like a, uh, okay, so now we're just, like, staying inside. We're not, like, going out and doing anything, and, like, we're just working on Google Classroom all day. It's it's just a very it's a very big change, which I think um uh it it has an impact in, in the way that it's very different and it was uh all of a sudden literally one day notice just hey, there's no school until April twentieth. Um and and so it was in the beginning kind of uh like no one really knew what was going to happen. However, once we were told, like, "Hey, like, this is how it's going down," it it became uh, very. Uh, we got used to it like quickly. Sure. Do you feel like so? so I, did your? Oh, go ahead, Chris. No, no, you go ahead. Um, 
so my question is do you guys feel that uh, it, it is impacting you as far as like like you could go out there and you know like you know we saw these people going down to spring break and stuff like that and like the 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 talk is that you know the the younger generations because the media has been saying oh it does impact that age uh that age stratification do you guys feel like it it is that can't impact you or uh you're just kind of rolling with the punches and taking it seriously um, I'd say it's a, a fair mix of both. Uh, I, I think we do know that we can get COVID-19 and we can spread it. However, there are also uh, a lot of my friends, for instance, are just, you know, going off training this break. Like, okay, cool. Like, spring break is here. Um, you know, lots of traveling going on. Um, so it it is definitely... Um, uh, it is a fair mix of both, I feel. Um, however, that being said, it is also like, you know, people are traveling away from New York, which has, you know, the most confirmed cases and whatnot. So it could it be less of a chance of getting it? Yes. However, it's, it's still, um, you know, probably not the best idea. Sure. Yeah, yeah. I mean, stay at home, wash your hands, don't touch your face. Those are the things. Yeah. <laughs> so that's kind of, uh, <clears throat> I guess, your take on on all that. What about your your personal experience? Are are you willing to talk about that, Preston? Yeah. So we like how we um, ended up in the hospital. Yeah. So. Oh yeah, uh, that's right. I were... forgot about that. Yeah, there there were um, two times actually where um, I had uh, asthma attacks and I uh, I couldn't breathe for a moment. Um, uh, and and the the two times it's happened, uh, uh, I believe three times now. However, the first two times were the only major ones, and um, we did. We ended up going to a hospital. Um, and I, I had, um, you know, at one point had a fever and, and obviously it was an asthma attack. So I was kind of having shortness of breath a little. Um, and at one point, even in the hospital, I, uh, I had like fainted. And um, you know, even after all of that, they, they said, you know, no, we think you're fine. Uh, you're like, we're not, we don't need to test you or anything. That's not necessary. You're young, you're fine. It's not going to affect you. Um, and, you know, a doctor even like, looked me in the eye and said, no, I'm positive you don't have it. However, knowing that uh, it can cause asthma attacks and, you know, a fever and shortness of breath are the major symptoms, we are fairly sure that I did have it and it did affect me. So how do, how do you feel about, I mean, the doctor you know, saying that you're fine and whatnot. I mean, did that, did that give you, you know, I guess, peace of mind or was it scary thinking, well, what if I really do have this and what else is going to happen? Right. So originally I thought, you know, the first time it happened, I thought, okay. Um, you know, I, I told myself, I was like, no, it's like, it's not likely that I have it and whatnot. Um, and then at the hospital, the first time, you know, they did a chest x-ray and they said it was pneumonia. Um, 
So I was like, okay, cool. See, it's just pneumonia. I, you know, got antibiotics and whatnot, and, you know, like, I'm good. Uh, or not, like, good, like, because they had an, uh, pneumonia, but good in terms of I don't have, you know, COVID-19. The lesser um, of the two evils. Yeah. Um, however, the second time when he told me, I was like, okay, that's good. However, he had also come back and said, hey, we looked over your x-rays. You don't have pneumonia. Um, so, it, and, and this was the same hospital. This was uh, Mount Sinai uh, Morningside. So I'm like, hey, well, you're saying that. However, I have these symptoms and, you know, you just told me that the, the previous doctor I saw said I had something, I did it. Um, uh, and so I still kind of thought, like, okay, well, he said he's confident I don't have it. And, you know, he's a doctor. Um, however, later on, you know, it uh, we've seen that the CDC found links between uh, COVID and, you know, having asthma attacks and all these things. So I was like, okay, well... There, there's a fair chance that I did have it. Yeah, and luckily it was, uh, you know, it kind of passed and we had, I'll tell you what, this is funny. Um, this was a, a good lesson for me. So something that I'm learning, sometimes I'm a little too rigid or cheap. And when we went to his, his, his our family practice doctor here, they prescribed him an inhaler. And this was prior to the hospital ER visits, and I told him, I was like, "Oh, why did you get the inhaler? We didn't need that," because he just picked up whatever was at Walt at, at Dwayne Reed at the pharmacy. He didn't know what he was buying, <clears throat> and I didn't want to use money for that if we could use it for like food or something else. And so I was kind of frustrated. But um, you know, it's funny how the universe kind of knows what you need, and and sure. it was a gift that we actually had it on hand, and um. You know, because he, he for sure absolutely needed that for yeah. like day to day, like maintenance of, of being able to stay healthy and be able to breathe Function. and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Yeah. So, so I, I think, I think it kind of shines, um, I, the, um, so, so, so shines a light on the shortcomings of what our medical system is about. Or, and, and I'm not like, I don't, I don't want to knock on, doctors and everything like like they they are trained professionals and they are doing the best that they possibly can but For even sure. with all all the advances that we've made in science and and medicine it is not perfect you know what i mean like people sure. still like it's it's up to those individual interpretations what that doctor's experience is what their paradigms are like there's still all that stuff that piles onto it and kind of going back to like that first diagno diagnosis of saying oh you have pneumonia um you know it it's just it's just not a perfect system and then i think the other thing that gets really tricky with all this too is you know you can have multiple viruses or diseases at the same time. You know, yeah. you, you know, sure. you can have, you can have pneumonia cause they're all bacterias, you know, or, or viruses so that they don't live like, you know, that they don't take turns jumping into your body. They don't say, Hey, pneumonia, you, you're tagging in for this time. Like, all right, we're just going to wait out here. You know, they all kind of pile right. in and you can have all those things all at one time. And, you know, 
and then to like Chris's point, like, okay, like money. And like, I think that is on everybody's mind from our level all the way up to, you know, the CDC to, to the leaders of the nation. Like, where are we, like, how are we paying for this stuff? And it's like, okay, we probably should run 20 tests on you to eliminate everything that we possibly can eliminate just to know for sure. But that would be a medical bill, like in like, thousands of dollars like when it's all said and right. done and like yeah, you can't afford thousands. that yeah. yeah so it's we just, haven't gotten the er bills yet so i'm r- even wondering what yeah be. yeah it's it's yeah. just absolutely crazy and to think about you know um how you have to you have to consider all that stuff and to make a decision where you know it's just it, it definitely puts you in a into stressful situations you know you people that have right to, and i mean like the fact that they wouldn't like even like test me in the first place shows that you know like it, you know people have talked about how like the the government isn't like like people are paying to get their tests and all of this and it's like three hundred to six hundred dollars and yeah like you know the the CDC and the government's not doing too much in terms of like financial aid. <laughs> Meanwhile, Federal Reserve out here is pumping out like literal billions of dollars to banks and airline companies like yes yeah yeah um it's a trickle down effect Preston. trickle down effect well anyway we're obviously very grateful that uh that Preston's feeling better and that it wasn't anything worse than it was um as a parent i mean that put our stress at like a very maximum level oh yeah absolutely i don't know how well we kept that from Preston I, I hear you know advice like you should keep the stress away from your kids but our relationship with the three of us Tiffany and Preston and I like we don't really we, try, we don't really try to hide things from each other so he probably saw our stress but hopefully he wasn't like stressed out by it sure so I right. like I, yeah I so I I'm just going to comment on that that whole like Obviously, I am not a parent. I, I don't have kids. You know, I can get stressed out as much as I want because the only thing I have to worry about is my little French bulldog, and he he just doesn't care one way or the other. Um, but I know, like growing up, um, you know, with my parents, it's like it was very transparent. I didn't always know all the details of it, but I knew yeah. when they were stressed and I knew when they were angry. But I, I feel like like talking to and communicating is way better than to like have that stress and at least some sort of acknowledgement of it. Um, you know, I think that goes back to even like therapy, you know, that it's acknowledging that there is an issue and, um, and at least, um, yeah, just acknowledging it. I mean, that that's very empowering and powerful in itself. So, you know, as GI Joe would say, knowing is half the battle. Yeah, and at the end of the day, I mean, I think Preston knows that, you know, even if we are stressed or whatever's going on, like, we're going to take care of him and we're going to always, you know, do our best and look out for each other. So at the end of the day, I think he has some peace of mind just kind of knowing our track record. But yeah, uh, yeah, speaking of parents, uh, we have another parent who's going to come on with us, uh, a good friend from the Bay Area, Dr. Tom Kiley. Uh, he's been patiently waiting. We're running a little bit behind, but, uh, but our friend, Tom, he's a clinical psychologist and, uh, a neuropsychologist. He's an attending clinical faculty at UCSF in the department of neurology and conducts psychotherapy in private practice that focuses on depression and anxiety. 
But most of all, Tom is a great friend of ours who we love drinking wine with. Tom Kiley, <laughs> welcome. Hey, guys. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. Welcome to the yeah. show. I know. This is great. Um, yeah, this is super cool, especially in this climate where everybody is sheltering in place. This is an outlet to connect with people, which is what we all so desperately need. Yeah. So uh, so I, I've got to ask a question. I saw the CNN article this morning about the different psychological um, approaches to the pandemic, uh, the over responders, the under responders, and then they were kind of talking about the Goldilocks responders. I think that was one of the uh, things that they kind of talked about. Um, hmm. What do you what do you what are you seeing or what are your thoughts on that? Um, just like the three, like you know, the over responders are typically the people that are hoarding and you know trying oh, to take control of their 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 situation. The under responders are the people that are ignoring all the shelter at home, you know, or in place type orders, and they're like, oh, well, I'm going to take control of this and head out, and they're going to do their stuff. And then there's the Goldilocks people that kind of just like, okay, it's just right. We're gonna we're gonna do what we have to do, and you know this is they've got a better i don't know i don't let's not say better they're they're dealing with it on a more even killed stratus or okay. approach to it um so yeah they were so the thing that i think the article was they were talking about it they're doing some studies on this to try to and obviously way too late because uh, we're in the middle of it but how to adjust <clears throat> the messages that's going out into the media and for leadership to kind of you know, control that pitch and try to get everybody to even kill it, I guess, is sort of what one of the things they were trying to strive for. Um, oh, that's so interesting. Yeah, I, uh, I I did not pick up on that article, but thanks for classifying those three terms. Um, but we're, we're seeing all of that, right? We're seeing people that are reacting in a pretty kind of panic manner. And then we see others who are just kind of minimizing or maybe disregarding a lot of the, you know, a lot of the news or perhaps you know, not paying attention to the right news sources. And then why are they calling it Goldilocks? It seems a little pejorative. <laughs> Can't they come up with a better, <laughs> a better classification? Yeah, that's so that's what I, I, I totally am trying to find the article now because, you know, it's the constant news feed is just awful. Like I got the article and then I'm like trying to find it again. Um, so I, I don't know. It, it just – this is the way that the media works, right? They're like they, they didn't have a good term for it and they literally called it like the Goldilocks response. Everything is, wow. you know, hunky dory. You know, the porridge is not too hot, the porridge is not too cold, <laughs> the porridge is just right. So gotcha. um, yeah. Well when you think about responding, the word respond in and of itself, it 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 taps into behavior, doesn't it? It's really referring to a decision or a choice that we all make. And when we do any behavior it's usually because we have a thought or we have an emotion or we're responding to an emotion. Um, my sense, this is all just putting it within like a cognitive behavioral therapy framework. My sense of the over responders are probably having this sense of urgency because they're reacting to fear. They're reacting to panic and they're trying the best they can given the sources of information that they have. They're trying to make, in their minds, reasonable predictions about what's going to happen next. Right. And, and their mind is probably this catastrophic over-approximation of what will, what will happen, some kind of like end of times type of scenario. 
Um, and so they feel this sense of urgency to get out there and snatch up all the hand sanitizer as quickly as possible before their neighbors can get it, so on and so forth. Yeah. Um, and in, in contrast, those that are under-responders probably don't have that same kind of anxiety that's driving their choices, driving their behavior to go out there. And for whatever reason, who knows why we attach any meaning to any situation that we do. Yep. Yeah. It's very individual. Yep. It's, it's all very individual. I mean, yeah. I was giving Chris and Tiffany a hard time when this all just started because they, they ran out and got coffee one day. I was like, Chris, what are you doing? What are you doing? <laughs> but, but I am probably on that. I am probably, uh, you know, probably more to the middle of the road, more of a Goldilocks responder. But I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say that I have those leaning tendency to the uh, over responder. But yeah. probably much too late. Um, so, right. But for the next one, I'm definitely buying buying more toilet paper and and <laughs> water and hand sanitizer <laughs> and freeze dried food and bullets and all kind of stuff. So, what, what do you think? Go ahead. What do you think of like this? So I am always amazed. Like we were kind of joking earlier. You know, my wife and I shoot, and so we have this. We have ammo when we have guns but i am not that type of person that wants to have all this stuff in the fear that someone is going to attack my house or i am definitely not going out to loot but that is definitely a mindset of a lot of people out there you know in the in this over responding man i hope it, it like there's just something in me that's saying it just can't get that bad it's <laughs> like yeah. hope fingers crossed that it's not going to get that bad and that somebody is going to step in before that to keep it under control. Like I, that's just, that's super scary. That's super scary to think about armed people running around the streets for whatever reason. Yeah, that is scary. But think about, um, what is the utility of, of anxiety and why is it there? And it, it's, it's a very adaptive emotion for, for us as a species, right? Yeah. It's probably our most primitive emotion. It keeps us alive and it helps us, you know, it, it helps us survive when we feel like there's a life or death situation. And so um, if we feel like our, our lives are being threatened or our, uh, our family's being threatened, then I think from an evolutionary standpoint, we're going to do what we can to protect ourselves and protect the people that we love the most. Sure. And uh, so we were talking about behavior earlier and we feel like we are in a fight or flight situation, we will do all sorts of things. Um, you know, it doesn't matter if it's logical or not, but we'll do all sorts of things to make sure that we survive the situation. As crazy as it might sound. It's, it is it's scary. It is scary. It is. Yeah. 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 We, I was, I was mentioning to Aaron earlier, uh, <clears throat> we have this app called citizen and it like tells you what's going on as far as like crime and emergencies around you. In your neighborhood, yeah, like in the city here. And uh, a little while before Mm -hmm. we got on here, there was a a, a, an alert that came up, and I'll read you what it says. It says, um, "Report of person armed with chainsaw." And this, we live at 106th and Columbus, and this was down at about 102nd and Amsterdam, which is you know a few, few blocks down, a block over. And I'm thinking, what in the... So, so when Aaron start, started talking about <clears throat> people like buying guns and ammunition and all this stuff, like that stuff I didn't even, I hadn't even thought about yet. But, but living in the city, that is like a reality that, that scares me because 
there are people who, you know, don't have enough food, don't have enough money during this, I'm sure. Right. And it's, it's, it's a little frightening to think, you know, what potentially, I mean, somebody, somebody purposely set a, a subway car on fire the other day and it killed what? somebody. Really? Oh, no. So it's like, it, 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 and the other day when Preston had his, uh, he had a, a third really, really minor uh, asthma attack. And I thought, good God, like if we have to bail out of the city, what, what are we even going to do? I sold my car. You know what? Yeah. What are we gonna do? And then and then I started. So so yeah, anxiety is good to keep you safe. Uh, so I'm I'm thankful for it from that perspective. Sometimes I have way too much of it, but mm. <laughs> on the other on the other end of the spectrum, I'm like trying to talk myself down. Going, um, when, and when Aaron, when you talked about those classifications, I think I was initially I was overly under responding. <laughs> sure. Sure. <laughs> We're like, well, let's go get coffee. Let's uh, go down to Times Square and see. <laughs> yeah, I, <laughs> I saw all those sights. videos, let's... by the way. <laughs> and I felt like such an every, idiot every, afterwards. Every time he posted one, Diane and I at home were like, what is he doing now? Really? Seriously? He's going outside? Yeah. But, you know, yeah. the fact that you went and got her pers- uh, Tiffany's prescription, that's the right thing to do. That's absolutely the yeah. right thing to do. Yeah. Yeah. The, uh... Is San Francisco in, in a lockdown right now? Are they? Um... Yeah, we are. We have been for two weeks now. Um, two they weeks. enacted that. I think today is day 13 or day 14. Okay. This was before, you know, the Monday where the administration kind of came forward and gave like the grave news of, of the numbers that they were projecting. And our, our uh, San Francisco mayor made the announcement that the six Bay Area counties need to be in the shelter in place. And that six, the six counties did not at the time include, I think, Sonoma and Napa, but those two counties are now part, oh, of, part the, of it. Yes. Yeah. So we have this really widespread uh, two weeks of shelter in place. And I, I don't know how much, I don't have the numbers of how that's contributed to the curve. I don't, I don't know yet. Um, but yeah, I've been, I've been in my house by and large, uh, for the past two weeks, trying to yeah, yeah. follow the rules, you know. Yep. Yeah, only going out for, like, essentials and, you mm. know, because I, I don't think anybody has two weeks' worth of food or toilet paper on hand at any, unless you're one of those uh, prepper peoples, prepper yeah. peoples, peeps, mm-hmm. yeah. Um, yeah, right. No, only, I'm, I'm, I'm leaving the house only for grocery runs. Uh, yeah. Really, really sparse. Um uh, outings. I'm just not going out that frequently. I'm yeah. taking it very seriously. It's funny, you know, when you leave the house, I have, I have these, these images of what it might have felt like when uh, the cave people lived in caves. And sure. uh, every time your group of people left the cave, uh, it's like life or death, you know? You got to bring the right hunters. You got to bring the right gloves <laughs> bring and the right ammunition. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and you just go out, you get your shit, and you come back to the cave, and then you know, wash the wash your hands for like twenty seconds. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, uh, like like uh, which was Chris and I were talking in, earlier. Uh, primitive times, actually. There's hieroglyphics yeah. about washing hands. I've, washing I've, hands I've, for we studied those in uh, high school. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I think though they were uh, uh, proposing forty seconds at the time. So, yeah, yeah, they <laughs> were a little bit more. Yeah. Um, 
the but it is definitely very interesting to like see um what's going on oh so we like we ran to the we had to go target today because i had to get coffee um i was running out of coffee and don't don't mess with my coffee Mm -hmm. and some other things but there was a guy so we're i'm surprised that the target did not have the tape or the markings on the on the uh, floor to say what your social distancing when you're waiting in line and this guy literally came up right up behind me and is like you know way way too close for even normal times to be within my personal space and i'm like looking at him and i'm like kind of like giving him the head cock and i'm like you know dude are you really gonna just like you know work up in my space so i ended up shifting around to the other side of the shopping cart and kind of putting that physical barrier of the shopping cart between me and him i was like just just uh just a little bit of sense sense of self-awareness i guess or just self i'm that that just double wording i don't need to do that uh just self-awareness of like what is happening like are you not reading the media are you not like are you just not aware and it's it's amazing how many people are just not aware like there'll be great uh selections for juries so (laughs) right Right. yeah i guess you know he left his cave and wasn't thinking life or death he's just like yeah i need to get the new blu-ray Exactly. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, you know, and that's just the thing too. It's like, you know, you know, um, there's, there are very simple things. This is, you know, six feet apart, you know, just, just be, be aware. And, you know, um, I don't, you know, we're seeing like right now, United States, we have the most cases. Um, can you imagine if we weren't doing the things that we're trying to do, what it would be like what that you know it could be much much worse it could be much worse and it's still it's still bad but it could have been much it could be much worse oh agreed so agreed it's one of the things that i've been trying to do i don't know if you guys are doing this or not but um i like to play these mindfulness games every now and again and uh i i saw this as an opportunity to be very observant and curious and trying to stay in the moment and not let not let my anxiety kind of take me for a ride so to speak so i'm trying not to to the best of my ability make assumptions bring in my own biases and my own interpretations to any situation um so in a situation that you described i I, i'm aware of those every time they happen um and then my automatic thought is what's this guy's problem you know (laughs) what's wrong with this guy like does he does he want to die does he want to spread the virus all over the bay area Right. Um, and then I pump the brakes on that thought pattern, and uh, I, I, the, the bottom line is I will never know why he's standing so close to me. Yes. Um, I just don't know. And so without making these assumptions, I'll you know use my words and ask for what my needs are and let him know that I need to exit the door because you're standing in the way and I don't want to get too close to you. Yeah, um, yeah. So on the whole, people have responded really kind in in a kind manner. So it's been nice. Yeah, yeah. people have been super polite here as well. It's 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 funny though because um, in New York City here, some stores they just aren't very big to begin with, so there's not a lot of room. So we <laughs> we I was at Whole Foods and we were trying to like enter, and some people were trying to exit because they had this this whole system of letting people in and out. But they were sending us into this bottleneck. And so there was like four of us came, you know, 
head to head with each other and we kind of looked at each other like well what the hell do we do now because <laughs> we're all within about four inches of each other and then everyone's just like all right well whatever we gotta scooch by each other um i mean there's some situations that you can only do so much but like but like i i ended up doing something like what you're saying aaron where i i stood up too close to somebody and yeah like I honestly was just I was feeling kind of out of it like I still wasn't feeling very well and I I knew I needed to go to the store to get a couple of things for for us and uh you know it, every, it everything's new this is all new like we've never had to experience this before so here I pull up you know in line to wait to go into the grocery store and uh and I did I stood not right up on top of the person but a little bit I mean closer than six feet and he just politely was just like uh you know, he was just like, hey, you know, six feet. And I was like, oh, shoot, yeah. And so in terms of self-awareness, like, this whole thing has been, you know, I guess a bit of a learning experience. Yeah, it's, but it's I really hard like- to know. Yeah, thanks for saying that, Chris. It's a really, I think, common example of what we what we all experience. We're not... You go into the store, it's such an automatic thing that we all do and we take for granted. And yes. we don't really think about what are we doing in this moment in the grocery store. We don't do that. So um, it's more common to just be on autopilot and not really be thoughtful about what's happening in, in, in the here and now. Yeah. Uh, yeah. N- not being truly present with it because it is such an automatic response to. I, that was something as I was walking through the store today i was like you know you when it's filled with a lot of people like all those minute adjustments that you make moving through space to get around people that you're not really consciously thinking about um you you just you just automatically get through it you know but now there's a whole new set of rules that we're trying to adjust to and yeah i I can forgive the guy for, you know, coming up into my space and, you know, and I was able to adjust and I'm like, okay, that's, that's fine. But, you know, a little, just going back to that, it's like, yeah, your point, it is automatic. And those are, you know, things that now that we just have to really be present about to, to think through and and be aware of. So, all right. I'm less angry at the guy now. Less angry. (laughs) That's, that's, that's (laughs) that's my goal. So I'm less angry. So, yeah, it's, it's, well, and Tom, like, I love how you articulated that. Uh, but yeah, we're like usually on autopilot, just doing all these things. And and now it it, it really is. It's become a time which, which is kind of, I guess it's a silver lining to be a little bit extra self-aware or at least, um, you know, a little more conscious about what I'm doing and what's going on around me and how I'm affecting it. Yeah, totally. Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah, absolutely. So I invite you guys to play this little mindfulness game that I'm doing, too. I like too. that. <laughs> Just like a little that. mindfulness game. So you guys you guys had the, the shelter-in-place order, you know, obviously before anybody, like out here, we still didn't even have that, and um, which I guess I'm a little surprised about, but... Mm-hmm. Yeah, you would think the large cities would, would have gone probably... Well, it's it's the question about how aggressive of a response do you have? Do you want to be do you want to be a public leader and show that you're over responding or under responding? You know, it's, it's it's like how there's no right or 
wrong answer there either. You're one way or the other, you're screwing that one up. So Right, right. And I guess I mean I I understand from a uh, you know the they, they didn't want people to panic here. They didn't want to put people in a panic, which I totally agree with because of the density is so high here. So, um but yeah, I mean how how are you like doing with with all of this? How's the family? Like you guys are adjusting okay or yeah no thanks for asking um we're adjusting i think relatively well and i think that the kind of the 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 culture in the bay area is that we when the shelter in place order kind of came down we had already been practicing a lot of the the behaviors necessary to try and not to, to propagate the spread of this virus um a lot of stores were shutting down a lot of stores were turning all flat surfaces upside down so people wouldn't, you know, lay their coffee on a table or sit in a chair. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. You know, and then the slow progression of, of, um, not even having milk out, you know, having it behind the counter. And if you want a milk, you have to ask for it. If you want to stir, you have to ask for it. Um, no, we're not taking paper money anymore. No, we can only do, you know, we can only do credit cards or we can do like Apple pay. And so that was like the two weeks leading up to the shelter in place. So I kind of felt like, those that were taking this seriously were very observant and we were kind of well prepared for it. Schools were shutting down, restaurants were shutting down. And then when our mayor uh, had the conference and then Gavin Newsom the very next day, we're like, okay, this is a natural progression of things. I think we're well prepared for this and we can do this. Um, On the whole, what I'm observing as a therapist is is a handful of things. Um, It's a really interesting time obviously in history um in in the the world of therapy we really don't have any kind of time point in history that's going to help us predict what's going to happen next we really don't have any clue and telemedicine's been around for many years and i and i we've done a lot of research on it we know that it's a really effective tool for people that live in remote locations that are complicated by geography and complex medical conditions. It's a really good tool for access to care. And we know that it doesn't negatively impact the therapeutic bond between client and therapist, which we know is a factor that contributes most to positive patient outcomes. So that's all great news. But we don't have any research to tell us what happens to telemedicines in the context of COVID-19. And it's, it's a very, very strange time. Um, yeah. So I always feel like the, the telemedicine on a, a, um, physically sick, not a mentally ill person, it's challenging because there's so much about that observation, uh, that has to happen. And I feel like, you know, doing it on the phone or doing it on the, um, on a video conference, there's going to be a, um, I think a degradation in the, in that sort of ability to triage or diagnose what the problem is, but in the whole, I think it's it's the right things it's the right thing to do, and it's it's awesome, like you said. For uh, you know, it, w- what are your other options if you live a hundred miles away from the nearest doctor and you need to do something? You know that it's it's got it's the right tool, but you got to have know when the right time to use it. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. so I, I think, uh, I, 
I listened to a podcast about the the invention of the stethoscope and like what they were hoping that the invention of the stethoscope was going to do. Um, so being able to actually listen to the lungs clearly and the heart clearly, um, but it was still pretty much a guessing game, you know, at that yeah. at that even with that big advancement in medicine. And that's what I was saying earlier today, today too, is, you know, it's still a guessing game despite all our advancements and our tools are so much better now, but it's, it's still not, it's still not a hundred percent. And we just, we got to try our best and, 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 and just power through it, I guess. You know, it's just, right. um, Yeah. The stethoscope is an incredible invention, right? It allows you to listen to a heartbeat, allows you to listen to any heart murmurs It enables you to hear whether whether or not lungs are clear or not, but it's a tool that's used by a human and sure that human is a doctor, but doctors are also human and humans are notoriously error prone. Yep. So you got to, you know, the stethoscope is only as useful as the person using it. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) So again, the same thing with the telemedicine, you know, it's, it's probably only as useful as the person who's using it. Right. No, you're right. Um, it's, it's not a panacea. It, it, in my opinion, in no way does it enhance the therapeutic relationship. Yeah. I, I don't think it significantly negatively contributes to most aspects of therapy. Yeah. Um, but one thing that we're noticing I think, speaking for my colleagues, one thing that we're noticing is because that everybody is sheltering in place, um, the ripple effects of that are kind of widespread. One is privacy. Um, Homes in the Bay Area are not big. They're little, tiny, expensive shanties. And uh, so, like, our patients don't feel like they can talk about everything openly. Oftentimes, they need to talk about the oh, very wow. people that they are sharing space with. Space with, yeah, yeah. Right. Oh, jeez. So, treatment plans are being reprioritized. Um, then, you know, just long story short. So that's an issue. The other thing is that uh, they have fewer they have fewer experiences outside of their home. So when people come to therapy, they've got a whole array of experiences at work with friends in a meeting at work and they bring all those experiences into therapy and we talk about why did you feel that none of that's happening right now yeah very very you gotta you gotta have that social experience to to ramp up the symptoms basically exactly there's fewer environments to dive into there's less to talk about and so sessions are sometimes cut a little short yeah so I just want to um, glam on to something that you said about the privacy in the homes and the – so I have this anxiety where I can't do the podcast with my wife sitting in the room. Hmm. Um, I don't know whether it's performance anxiety, but I'm going to go. It's more associated with – I don't know. I just want to be free to talk about what I want to talk about, and I, I feel if she's sitting in the room, I can't do that. So Tom, mm-hmm. uh, Chris – well, Tom, thanks for uh, – justifying or reinforcing <laughs> my thought process and Chris there I told you <laughs> <laughs> it's legit so is, she, is she allowed in the room anymore or is she out somewhere no else? no <laughs> she's gone now. she got she's mad at, she got so mad at me because the, I'm not gonna lie the one time I had to reschedule with you is because she was up here trying to work on something and I'm like I can't do this with you sitting in the room I just can't do it <laughs> <laughs> well I mean gonna, that that uh, no I get it I get it I'm a I'm I'm like for many years I've been a very 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 overly self-conscious person and worried about 
what people think of like what I say and what I do. So, so I don't for a minute like take lightly what you're saying. I I totally understand. Yeah, I I will say that um, we have uh, Dr. Levine is our Secretary of Health here in Pennsylvania, and she. I, although I feel like they've stopped doing the daily briefings, which I was really I kind of was was sort of my fireside chat. I was like always looking forward to the two o'clock update. Um, and her just to kind of come on and say, you know, here are my daily tips, you know, wash your hands, don't touch your face, stay at home. Um, but they, they were, I don't think at first, but later on they started throwing in the mental, uh, you know, look, if you need any help, uh, please contact your, uh, your therapist or here are the contacts for just general, um, you know, uh, general help and I, I think that's super super important and I'm really glad that they that they started putting out that message that yeah it's it's okay to need to talk to somebody or to walk help you know be able to talk through this stuff and it's just um, it's super important and I keep going back to just acknowledging sometimes personally is I know it's the thing that helps me it, just to be able to talk to somebody and say, yeah, this is what I'm feeling. And it's a non-judgmental situation and they can kind of help you, help oh, you no. out a little bit with it. So did this just fall oh. over? Therapy's great. Yeah. So I think we might be experiencing a technical glitch. Tom, this, this happens every once in a while. It looks like Chris left the cast hey, Preston, uh -oh. because, because he was being quiet. So stand by for the shit hitting the fan for our <laughs> podcast. Preston? All right. All right. Gonna is this going to be edited or is this probably uh, going to be thrown into the suit? Oh, we use, I, well, Chris does all the editing. So and I just, I just let it go. And so it gets, <laughs> it gets a little interesting sometimes. I don't know exactly how he, he works out all the, the bugs with it. Um, I'm just the, I'm the pretty face. <laughs> not that chris isn't pretty but oh that's funny chris you're back chris is back yeah sorry about that guy actually i'm going to take this opportunity to do a quick uh bathroom break so <laughs> wait, <laughs> if anybody you, needs to wait, go did you go to the bathroom yet or are you still, you got back on now you're going to go to the bathroom <laughs> no now that i'm back on i'm going to go to the bathroom <laughs> Okay. You're killing me, Chris. Killing me. All right, one moment. Killing one moment. Me. All right, go go and hey, get get a glass of water while you're there too. You can mute your mic. Okay. I don't want to. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I probably should, huh? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's I can relate yeah. to that uh, <clears throat> that thing you were talking about about having therapy over the phone or internet. Um, yeah, I have a I have a coach that I'm working with and. I was like, shit, there's like no privacy here. So yeah. I got to go into my bedroom, which is next to Preston's bedroom, which is next <laughs> to the living room, which everybody can hear pretty much everything. Yeah. But everything, yeah. The, the, yeah. the good thing is that my wife and son now have these ear pods in their ears a lot. Yeah. So they don't know what's, what I'm saying or what's going on <laughs> at the time anyway. Do they have the noise canceling in them? They just have those Apple, you know, earpod things. Yeah, but I think some of those, uh, the newer ones, have like active noise canceling in them. So I was, yeah, just curious. <clears throat> it probably, it prob knowing Tiffany, it probably has some sort of noise canceling so that she, sure. you know, can't hear me when she chooses. Yeah. So it's, Diane it's, it's, has 
tendonitis, uh, so that ringing in her ear. And, like, I thought I was, like, getting so lucky marrying to someone that had this issue because she has hearing problems. But it's amazing. When she goes to bed, like, I have to turn the TV down. And then if I just, like, if I say the slightest thing, she hears me. I'm like, how how does that work? Like, you can't hear me when you sitting right next to me but you go into the bedroom you can hear everything i'm like muttering so oh, weird it's yeah i think i got duped i got duped <laughs> so. <laughs> uh, well i heard this thing that like the longer a married couple is together the more that their their hearing becomes almost like uh it doesn't hear the other person's frequency of their voice as well is, is there any like medical truth to that you're asking me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I so I've heard certain things about that, um, and I, like, okay, I, I can't. I'm definitely not going to be able to quote any articles, but I've I've heard that like men's hearing, you start losing the the range that women's voices typically happen at, and then the same thing I think for the women, like they start losing the lower range where men's voices typically happen at so there's yeah i would say yes there's probably some truth to it but um again i i'm i have a degree in interior design i am not a doctor (laughs) but i think i've read something about that people call me doctor but i'm not that kind of doctor yes (laughs) i'll buy it it sounds good it does sound good and that's so that's the thing that you have to watch especially with me i sound confident enough usually that and i just blared on out there and people are like oh really and then like i get nervous because they're going to research that and they're not going to um you know find any truth to it so yeah <laughs> so do you think you guys um do you think in in, in the climates of COVID 19 do you think people are overthinking more or are they not or is it pretty much the same Oh, I think your issues are your issues. So I think, you know, I think those like over responders and the under responders, like it's probably definitely, if you're prone to it, you're still doing it. But now you just have something super scary to overthink about. Mm. That's my take on it. What about you, Chris? For sure. For sure. I, um, so we got sick, uh, a few weeks ago. <clears throat> and so for me in particular, I, I think being exhausted was it, it helped me not to overthink so much. But there was definitely moments where I was starting to get into like super anxiety panic mode about things and like overthinking and playing out these scenarios of doom and gloom and and uh yeah. 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 So the one thing I think is interesting just in our conversation and thinking about like some of this stuff is it also like the whole nature versus nurture, right? So like how much of this also has to go into what your skill set is. So I mean, you may be an overthinker, um but for whatever your experience, um so okay, I'm going to use myself always, right? Cuz I understand myself the most. Um uh, <laughs> my military background and sort of like where I come from, there is always this level of preparedness or trying to think ahead or, you know, it, so that is, that's sort of my skill set, And that's what I, so that's, 
what I feel like I'm bringing to this whole crisis is, you know, I'm, I'm trying not to overthink it. I'm trying to listen to what the leadership is having to say and tweak it to what I need to do. And, you know, one of the things they keep saying here in Pennsylvania is stop hoarding, you know, Mm -hmm. just do your typical shopping experience, but now you've just got to be a little bit more careful about how you do it. So, you know, just, that's my paradigm and that's my level of experience but if you don't have that and you don't like i i run into people that don't know how to fix their car or don't mm-hmm. know how to change their tire or you know that type of, so your skill set's totally different and like you get into a situation like this and you're like i i don't know what to do so yeah you're gonna panic a little bit until you start figuring it out and that's gonna take a learning curve to mm-hmm. figure out what the right response is you know, and how do you how do you deal with that and manage that anxiety? Um, till then, you should call your therapist or yeah. your therapist. <laughs> so you you served, and uh, and so part of that training, this preparedness training that you speak of, it it uh, it to be prepared. You, you, it was probably bred into you that if you're not prepared, then something bad might happen. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And so, like, if I can just prepare. Um, then I will mitigate or maybe alleviate anything negative that might come my way. Yep. Right. Yeah. So that makes sense. Um, you know, one of the things that I'm, I'm observing in my clients, uh, I, most of my clients are either depressed or anxious or both. Um, it's really interesting. Some of it's not surprising. Can I share it with you? Yeah, yeah. So my depressed patients are no surprise they seem to be more vulnerable to increased depressive symptoms. So when you think about human beings, like we are, we are really fragile. You know, when you think about other species, we don't have like teeth that can penetrate fur and we don't even have fur. So when it gets cold out, we're like, you know, we might freeze to death and we don't really run that fast. And so we're just not really good at a lot of things. Um, but uh, uh, but one thing that we, we, we were able to figure out way back in the day is that we can survive if we stick together. We, we survive mm-hmm. in groups, and we literally can't do that right now. And so yeah. um, we're also one of the species that experiences loneliness. loneliness. Like most animals you know, that are not non-pack animals don't really have loneliness, or so we think. We can't really ask them, but we assume that they don't. Um, monkeys and dogs and humans we experience loneliness and loneliness is a shitty emotion but it's an adaptive emotion it's a signaling it's a red flag that tells us you got to get out of this you got to call a friend you got to go hug somebody you got to get out of this house um and we can't do that right now and so people that are depressed are without their resources they're without the the tools that they usually go to to help cope um they're more depressed they end up not keeping the schedule it's harder for them to get out of bed, let alone take a shower. Um, And so as each day kind of progresses, there's this downward spiral that's happening. They feel worse about themselves. They feel totally alone, and the future is really hopeless, and so on and so forth. So when you have a spiraling patient that's depressed, telemedicine is really anxiety-provoking from a therapist standpoint. But there there are safeguards that we have to set in place at the outset so um, the relationship between the therapist and client we know what to do if things kind of go into the red zone so to speak right 
Anxiety has been really surprising. What I've observed with my anxious patients has been really neat. Neat. Well, quote unquote neat. I'm doing air quotes right now. Yeah, sure. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and for 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 your what your uh, field is, yeah, I think that's fair to say that you know it's interesting or neat or you know it, it'd be cold and uh, cold if I said it was neat. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think that we should put that into context. I mean, it's it's you know it's it's what you do. So yeah, I think that's I think that's fair. Sorry. What I've observed with anxious patients has been kind of mixed. Um, some of them are like you guys said are overthinking a great deal, and they are catastrophizing and really thinking of end of times sort of stuff. You know, um, and they're just they're having a really really tough go of things. There's another contingent of anxious patients that are kind of surveying, taking inventory of the situation, realizing they've done nothing to contribute to the situation, um, and they're just doing their best to deal with it. And so it's almost as if they've, they've, they've stopped trying to over-control the scenarios in which that they, they have no, no control over. Sure. And so in a way, they've come to this, they're working on this this letting go or letting be process, which is, those are two mindfulness terms. And they're either doing it deliberately or accidentally where they're just kind of accepting the set of circumstances that, that, that are terrible. They don't like the circumstances, but right. they're not trying to over control or overthink because when they do that, they end up incrementally contributing to their own suffering and pain and stress. And so what they end up doing is just, experiencing a normal amount of anxiety, which for them is better than not having shelter in place inactive. Sure. Which is sure. really, really neat, neat, quote unquote neat. That's interesting. Um, because I, I feel like I, I went through like a, these different ranges and then I, that that's where I ended up too. It was like, well, I might as well just surrender to this. Yeah, because there's nothing I can do about it right now in the moment, and in doing that, I found a lot more, a lot more peace, a yeah. lot less anxiety and overthinking. And that's when my, when I wasn't feeling well physically, that's when my body started to feel, like incrementally better day by day. Yeah, there's a, a saying going around in the mental health world right now that that is uh, in this moment. I am okay. Like if yeah. you can anchor down into the present moment and kind of take inventory yeah. of what's in your immediate surroundings, observe it. There's nothing life-threatening in this moment, and you're okay. Yeah, it, it it speaks so much to the whole thing about being mindful, being yes in that moment. Uh, you know, I I've mentioned the whole you know serenity prayer. Uh, you know, that's that's. When I first started therapy, that was the first thing that my therapist gave me. She's like, you need to write this somewhere. You need to be able to see it and look at it. And, you know, just there's only so much that I can control. And there's uh, there's a lot of stuff that is out of my control. And so let's just concentrate on what I can and cannot do. And, yeah, I think that's that those are powerful strategies to, to do it. And then, you know, like you said, make sure you get up, take a shower, get dressed, <laughs> you know, mm -hmm. try to keep some sort of normalcy to, 
um, what your daily routine is. Um, you know, I, I think, um, someone asked me like, how am I dealing with this whole stuck being stuck at home? And I was like, man, I was, I was in the Navy. I was on ships for, you know, we'd go out to sea for, you know, four to six weeks and you're like in quarantine. Mm -hmm. You go to bed, you sleep your, your, eight hours you wake up you go grab chow you go up to the workshop but you don't like there was this time where i didn't see the out i didn't see the sun uh because we were uh, you know on on a deployment and that's all i would do is get up go to the shop and then go back to my rack and sleep and you know that was the, you know we were we were underway that's what we were doing wow. so um this is a lot like that but that routine is what keeps you grounded and keeps you going so no, I hear you. Um, yeah, so uh Oh, oh, I <laughs> I see some of the messages coming across. Yeah, if you're not yeah. careful, we will talk for hours <laughs> upon hours upon hours. So, I like um, it. Yeah, yeah, we 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 get we get caught up and then, you know, um that's just because we overthink and we over talk and we <laughs> just <laughs> we totally overdo over it. it. Well, yeah. Tom, thank you for being on here and articulating some of uh, you know what everyone is feeling. Uh, I know a lot of the things you said I connected with, and uh, and I don't. It, it gave me a, a little more peace of mind. Anytime, man. That, guys, thank you so much for having me on. This has been a blast. Yes, thank you very Good. much for being on. It was awesome. Uh, we can definitely get him back on the show. Cool. Yeah, I'm, 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 I'm down. I'm down. <laughs> Let me know. Right on. Well, tell the family awesome. hello and uh, give them our love. All right. Bye -bye. Thanks. Bye. All right. Hey, uh, so I guess we're going to wrap up this episode then. That was really good. I, I can, because that whole thing that he was just saying about how, you know, people either on purpose or accidentally discovered that I can't do anything to change this. So I might as well yeah. Yeah. just kind of yeah. be with it. I, I remember lying in bed one night and was having a hard time sleeping and, uh, and it was by accident, but I go, well, here's the, here's the good thing, Chris. You don't have anywhere to be because you're in quarantine. Yep. All, the only place you need to be right now is in bed because it's time for bed. Yeah. And there's, there's nothing you can do to change anything in the moment. So No. Yeah. And in that moment, I just felt everything uh, relax and and release. And, just a big uh, shift. Yeah, big shift in it. Yeah, I totally, I totally get it. Um, yeah. But it's hard to get there. It's not easy to get there. No, it it, it 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 was not. So so anyway, I guess I guess what we're saying is uh take a deep breath and uh everybody you know know that that we'll all get through this and this will yeah. pass and in the meantime reach out if you need something. Yeah. Call your family, call a friend, call us yep. if you know us. Yeah. Uh but but be sure to be sure to reach out. Yeah, just reach out. Yeah, absolutely. Just be, you know, stay connected in any way that you can and um, wash your hands, don't touch your face, don't go outside, <laughs> right. and we, we, we will get through all of this. Well, my friend. Yes. We, we, we oh. still got to figure out a better way to end this, huh? <laughs> I, know. We, I know. We've got the bumper, take, but it's just like, one. take one. <laughs> Remember, we are not doctors. I'm Aaron Kulik. And I'm Chris Baker. Thanks for listening to Overthunk. You can reach us at... 
overthunkshow at gmail.com. And remember, don't overthink it. <laughs>